Window World, the official windows of the Kansas City Chiefs, presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, online at windowskansascity.com. Did anyone else get the feeling Saturday watching the Kansas City Chiefs that this is the stuff that history is made of or legend is made of? Patrick Mahomes with an ugly-looking ankle injury in this game, and it did not look like he was going to return. We saw drama on the sideline. They essentially took his helmet away from him, said, you're going to have to get an X-ray done. We're not putting you back in the game until then. After he fumed and got into it with the trainer and Andy Reid and threw his coat on the sideline, Patrick Mahomes got a negative X-ray, got taped up, came back, still didn't enter the game, watched Chad Henney go 98 yards to score a huge touchdown in this game. Mahomes would later return, not be as effective as normal, not move as he normally does, but just game enough to make sure the Jacksonville Jaguars never really got back in it. Mahomes was only good on Saturday, but there was something legendary about the performance in light of what he must have been dealing with with the ankle. And we all saw that and we felt that. Even bigger than that was what happened with his teammates. It's one thing to have a bad ankle, go out there and be half of what you normally are, not be able to move the way you do, not be able to plant your foot and throw the way you normally do. That's all, I mean, that was the story everybody was talking about. What everybody missed was what the other 52 players did. I mean, you can't even, you you know, I I was mentioning with a friend yesterday, we went to the game with uh, John Gillette and his wife, Lee, uh, the owners of Window World, great people. And I said, you know, the, the owner of a team like Clark Hunt pays, what, $7 million over two years to a guy like Chad Henney to basically carry a clipboard, come to practice every day, whatever. Best money you ever spent. When that guy gets called on in a game like that and goes 98 yards, Andy Reid simplified the playbook, didn't give him a bunch of reads, said, look, it's a one-read throw. We're going to do this. It's going to stay simple. You know, it was just remarkable to see him step up and play. Is Chad Henney great? No. Can the Chiefs win the Super Bowl if Henny has to start the next two games? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. But just like the rest of the roster, everyone stepped up. Travis Kelsey had an historic day. 14 catches, 98 yards, two touchdowns. That was a tight end record for a playoff game with 14 catches. 15 is the all-time record for anyone. So Kelsey just continues to pound down all kinds of records. He now has the second most catches all time in postseason history. Just a remarkable career Travis Kelsey is having. The special teams, Butker was better. He stepped up. The kick coverage was not good. The Chiefs need to shore that up. They cannot give up big field position next week when they play uh, the Bengals or the Bills. We're recording this podcast on a Sunday morning before the Bengals and Bills play. Patrick Mahomes matched Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning for the most championship games appeared in now with five. (laughs) Five in five years. Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning had five in their career. I mean, this was, this was a remarkable day watching the players step up. Collectively, what stood out to me was the players on the defense. And I know you've been listening to the podcast. We've been talking about this the last couple of weeks, that this Chiefs team is different than the other Chiefs postseason teams. They seem to have something defensively. The other Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid teams did not. Look, I'm not predicting the Chiefs defense is going to go win the next two games and the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. What I'm saying is there are stretches of time in a game where the Chiefs defense is so dominant that it becomes very difficult to beat the Chiefs if they build a lead. And that's what we saw here. Jacksonville's a good football team. The Chiefs with an injured Mahomes and Chad Henney playing and all the things that were going on in the weather, 
They were not going to pull away and score 40-some points in this game. That was never in the books. Andy wasn't even going to try to do that. Andy, I think Andy Reid just coached the best game I ever saw him coach. I don't think he's the greatest in-game guy. I think he's brilliant offensively. His play calling is good. I don't think he's the greatest game strategy guy ever. I think he, like the fans, I think he gets caught up in having fun. Let's do what's fun. Hey, this is fun. Let's do the merry-go-round against the Raiders. Let's call this play. Let's do this. Let's throw down field. Let's have some fun today. Let's bring lots of blitzes. Let's come from the edges. It's fun football. And Andy Reid settled into something yesterday that was really hard for him to do. He had to get in his quarterback's face and say, you're not playing. You're not playing. That was a tough thing for Andy Reid to do. It was a tough thing for Patrick Holmes to hear. But even tougher was Andy Reid saying, I've got to manage this game. We're going to run the ball. We're going to play defense. We're not going to go for fourth and six inches. We're going to punt it. By the way, the Chiefs are a bad. Not, it's not just that they're not good. They're a bad short yardage team. The single biggest frustration I have with Andy Reid right now is he has had all season to look at film of the Philadelphia Eagles and what they do on fourth down. I call it the bunch play. It's a rugby formation behind the quarterback. If he doesn't want to do it in the homes, put Chad Henney in the game. They used Noah Gray in, a, in sort of a situation that way on Saturday, but it wasn't the right setup, and he didn't have the right people in there. He had Travis Kelsey behind pushing. It, it's not enough. You need two big bodies behind somebody under center standing right there, and the defense knows exactly what you're going to do. But it needs to be your quarterback. It needs to be Henny. If you don't want to use Mahomes, it needs to be Henny. I don't care if you put Chris Jones out there. Jones and Naughty be just fine with me. Send him out there and just go and push. And we're going to push this guy across the goal line or the first down line or whatever it may be. The, the Chiefs just do not have that play. They have no power game in their arsenal. There's no power running back. And there's no power third or fourth and short play in the arsenal. And part of the reason is they do not want to push Patrick Mahomes before he was injured. They don't want that play because they don't want to hurt Mahomes on a play like that. I sort of understand it. I sort of don't. If that's the case, put Henny in the game for those plays. You're paying him a salary. That's a big boy. Henny's a big boy. Put him in there. Let those beef feeders just behind just pound him. I'd love to see that. But this defense stepped up in a way that we just haven't seen before. And it was all, I, I don't know what they said on the sideline. I heard some of the comments after the game. I, I don't know what Spagnola said to him. I don't know if Andy Reid challenged him. I don't think they had to. To me, this was probably amongst themselves. This is player to player, and this is real growth because the Chiefs have a young defense. You know, I, I thought maybe the guy that was going to make a big play, I said, a rookie corner is going to make a big play this week. It's going to be McDuffie, some big play. What was Jalen Wilson, Watson? He made the huge jump-up, one-handed grab to seal the game pretty much at the end. Unbelievable interception. Not a big-time draft choice. Good player. Looks like he's going to be around a long time. The Chiefs have young players that now feel like they know how to play in this league. And somehow, some way, whether it's Nick Bolton or Chris Jones or whoever it is that's, that's gathering them up in the huddle or saying whatever, they clear, and it maybe it was just completely unspoken. They took it upon themselves to win the game, and they did. They were better than the 20 points they gave up. They didn't give up many yards. They got a couple of huge takeaways when the game mattered most. They played smart with the lead and made the Jaguars punt. It was just a tremendous defensive performance. And do not diminish this and say, well, it's just the Jaguars. 
They're, it's just their offense. They can't play. Christian Kirk is a stud. Trevor Lawrence has come on in a huge way. Second highest rated passer since week nine in the NFL. It's legit challenge. I don't care what anybody says. It's a playoff team. Doug Peterson's coached a Super Bowl winner. He knows Andy Reid's offense. They've got the playbook. They, they had some really nice plays that they executed in this game. I don't care what anybody says. We get caught up in, oh, it's not Justin Herbert. Well, what's Justin Herbert? Trevor Lawrence now has done more than Justin Herbert. It's not Joe Burrow. It's not Josh Allen. Okay, maybe let's go play this week and see if that defense doesn't play well again. Or at least better than what we've seen. Man, we're all going to talk about and focus in and lock on Patrick Mahomes. There's no question. And we should. He's going to get an MRI on Sunday. We'll see what those results are. They're going to tape this thing. They're going to shoot it up. They're going to do whatever they got to do. They may have to change the offense. They did yesterday. He became a pocket. Did you see how clean his pocket was after he got hurt? That's the offensive line saying, okay, I know now he can't, he's not magic. He's not Houdini back there anymore. We got to keep him completely clean so he can throw. There's not going to be a whole lot of stepping up, stepping out, scrambling around, throwing it left-handed. That wasn't in the cards once he got hurt. Everybody knew it, and to a man, they stepped up. Or there's some individuals that made some mistakes. Of course, you don't play a perfect football game. But the units all stepped up, especially the defense. And, boy, I, I am really hesitating to get too excited because this quarterback is not himself right now, and I don't know what he's got. And I do think the Chiefs are going to have to score in the 30s, either this game this week or in the Super Bowl, to win the next two games. But it's two games now. And if you can't share the excitement that I have about this team, that they can win a game with their defense, let's be honest. They won the game with their defense yesterday and their running game. You know, I mean, they, they really did. It's just a, a great day all the way around. Pacheco had 12 carries for 95 yards. What day possibly could they have needed it more than Saturday? They absolutely needed it. Legereus Sneed forced the fumble. Knocked himself out on a play or, or out of breath or whatever it may have been. Nick Bolton recovered inside the five-yard line. They just made plays. They made the Jaguars punt a lot. They stopped them frequently, but they also got those two big takeaways. Man, I, I just think it's really exciting. And I, I don't care if it's the Jaguars. I don't care who it is. Uh, clearly, the Chiefs can win with their defense, and they had to yesterday, and we all knew it. Look, the, the momentum shifted so much in that game. Well, right after it happened, and the Jags go down, and the Chiefs, I, I thought it was a mistake. I thought it was a mistake by Peterson. He had a fourth and not quite two. One and a half, they called it two. And he kicked a field goal. And I turned to John. I said, you know, they're not going to win this game kicking field goals today. I, I, I'm not sure. I know t teams just don't do that. This is a coach that came in earlier this year and did an onside kick, knowing that isn't the way to play. He kicked that field goal. Now, I don't know what would have happened on fourth down, but that was early enough in the game and they had momentum and things were going well for them and then Mahomes gets hurt and now they've really got momentum and they're really feeling it. And somehow the Chiefs got it all back. The 98-yard drive was historic. If the Chiefs go on to win the Super Bowl, the 98-yard drive by Chad Henney, historic. Absolutely historic. One of those moments. You, you really felt like watching this game and I, not every final chapter of the book is perfect. But you felt like you were watching a team of destiny. And I hate to put that on them because there's two more games to go. But the way the Chiefs won on Saturday, the things that happened in that game, and the way they won makes me feel like they are a team of destiny, that they've got more, they're not a one-trick pony, 
They're not just Patrick Mahomes. They've got different ways to beat you. You know, everybody talks about, you know, DeMar Hamlin and the thing that happened with the Bills, and are they now the team of destiny and all that stuff? I, I mean, you if they look, if the Bills win at all, people will look back and say, yes, the Chiefs got they have all the markings of a team that you want to go win a Super Bowl. Everything. They just got to get their quarterback healthy. They got to fix that ankle. Clearly, the Eagles did the right thing and got their quarterback healthy. My God, how good did they look? I mean, if you're if you're in Vegas right now, the odds on favorite to win the Super Bowl has to be the Eagles. And it's never easy. I know they're probably going to get the 49ers next week. I think they'd rather play the Cowboys, even though that's a division game, than the 49ers. But the Eagles look fantastic. We'll see what the Bills and Bengals dial up on Sunday evening. That's going to be a tremendous game. I know many of you are going to be watching that. But I'm just, I'm absolutely stoked that the Chiefs have shown that they're not a one-trick pony. They feel, they feel today two wins away from a parade. They feel, they feel, don't, they don't look, they feel like a team of destiny. I think that's really, really cool. KKHI on the weekend is brought to you by Cornerstone Property Management and Home Buyers. My man GW at Cornerstone will, he'll basically operate your rental properties for you. If you have rental properties, you really need to get to know GW. He is really, really good at this. He'll vet all your prospective tenants. He'll collect rent. He'll make repairs. He'll do whatever needs to be done. Let your rental work for you. If you've inherited a home and you want to rent it out, contact GW. He can help with that. If you've inherited a home and you want to sell it, he'll buy it. He buys homes. 785-542-0101. That's 785-542-0101. Cornerstone Property Management and Home Buyers. Let your rental work for you. You're tired of dealing with it. You're a professional. You do something else. You got rental properties, separate income. That's great. But if you're spending a lot of your time with those rental properties, let GW's team handle it for you. It's going to save you time, which basically means you're just living a better life, right? It's a small fee. They take care of everything. And you're still making money off your rental properties with no headaches whatsoever. Cornerstone Property Management and home buyers. Let your rental work for you. Earth Effects Outdoor Living, Daniel Hanks is, well, he's a landscaping stud. And I'm going to be having Daniel out here in the spring. We're going to do some work around the Keatsman house. I got a couple more beds I want to build. We want to put some shrubs and bushes. I want to do a little bitty rock drainage river kind of thing between property lines with, uh, with my neighbor. And Daniel's the perfect guy for that. If you want to check out all of their landscape services and everything that they do, including hardscapes, outdoor bars, patios, fire pits, water features, log on to eeoutdoor.com. It's that time of year, guys. Come on, it's the time of year to start thinking about this spring and what you're going to do with your landscaping. You know where that water sits in your backyard, and you got to figure that out. I got a spot where the water holds. I need him to come build a little rock river for me so it drains right out. They're going to take care of this in a very professional way for a great price. Anywhere in the Kansas City metro area, it's Earth Effects Outdoor Living. If you'd like a free estimate on what it would cost to build a fire pit, an outdoor bar, an outdoor kitchen, or a water feature, contact Daniel at 816-215-9332. That's 215-9332. Easy enough to just go online, EE Outdoor. That's eeoutdoor.com, eeoutdoor.com. Of course, you can find Cornerstone and EE Outdoor at the KK List. Everything is always up at the KK list, all of our sponsors. I saw three of our sponsors at the Chiefs game on Sunday. It was fun. We went with John and Lee and had a tremendous time. It was great to see them there. We saw Chris from B-Stock and his whole family were there having a great time. Chris was locked in watching college basketball on his phone before the Chiefs game. 
And it was, you know, there's a lot, lot going. We'll get to college basketball in a minute. There's a lot going on. Uh, but it was great to chat with them for a little while and see them. It's been a little bit. And we've decided to make some dinner plans. Go out to dinner here in the next month or so at some point. And my man Hutch from Amazing Garage Floor, he's got a Chiefs bus. So he's got this bus. And he sends me a text. I'm in the stadium. The game is on. He goes, he goes you knucklehead, you parked one row over for me. And I was like, well, okay. I don't. He said, we were walking into the game, and I saw your Chevy Blazer, and it's a unique color, and he's been to my house and knows my car. And, he, and I've got an odd license plate. It ends with PGA, like golf PGA. I did, it's not a vanity plate. I just got it. It just randomly, I got that. And he's like, walking through, he goes, oh, that, that's a Chevy Blazer. It looks like Keatsman's car. And then he looked at the plate. He goes, it is Keatsman's car. And so he sends me a text. He goes, you parked one row over from us. I've got this party bus. you got to come in after the game, the whole deal. Well, John and Lee wanted to get back to their hotel, and they were doing a, a staycation at the Westin and whatnot. And so we were trying to get out as quickly as we could. And he comes running across the parking lot at me. I'm like, hey, Hutch, what's up? And I could see his bus. I'm like, I got to get on the party bus, boy. I got to get on the party bus. I can't do it this week. So it's going to have to be next year or another time or another reason to get on the party bus. But he's got his own bus, and these guys are cool, man. The sponsors of this podcast are really cool. It was great to see them yesterday. And thank you to so many listeners of the podcast that came up yesterday. It must have been 20 of you came up to me at the game. That's so awesome. I Somehow, because we do politics and we're conservative, I guess I've become more approachable. I don't know. People are, are um, they find it much easier to come up and say hello. Some people are a little bashful, right? They, they wouldn't. They you know, through the years, I'd get somebody kind of wave or look at you in the eye and then kind of turn away. And they're a little shy and they don't want to go say hi to somebody that they kind of want to go say hi to. Whatever reason, I've always said, come on up and say hi. It's all, it's all good. And now with this, it's like the gloves are, everybody's coming up. I get hugs and handshakes and here's my children. And it's just, God bless all of you. Now, Arrowhead, hanging out at Arrowhead, that's like 90% conservatives. So most KKHI listeners have been to or do go to Arrowhead, which is great. I really, it would be cool if, maybe I'd get a commercial up on the Jumbotron in-game for everyone at Arrowhead to see that we're doing a podcast here. Yeah, I don't think the Chiefs would sell that to me. I know, I don't think they would. But my goodness, thank you so much to all of you that came up and said hello. We just had a wonderful day at the game. The only bad part of Saturday, well, depends if you're a Kansas fan, it was bad. Uh, The only bad part of Saturday, really, as a football fan for me, was the night game was just a train wreck. Right from the start, absolutely nothing to see. The Giants are a massive disappointment. I did not see that coming. I couldn't have been more wrong. The Eagles are playing like they did eight weeks ago when they were just steamrolling everybody. And look, this may be futile with the Chiefs. The Chiefs may not. There's actually a possibility the Chiefs just aren't good enough. You know, when I say they're a team of destiny, I like knowing and hearing that. It's impossible to think you have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback and you're not good enough. But if you watch the Eagles and the 49ers teams, Oh, my. And then Jalen Hurts looked healthy and great in this game. We'll see what Brock Purdy does against the Dallas defense. But they look like the the two best teams in the NFC, and maybe even Dallas, because all three of those defenses are great. The Eagles, the Niners, and Dallas, they all have better defenses than the Chiefs. All. But the Chiefs are in the discussion. They're playing some defensive football, which is just huge and so fun. College basketball on Saturday, your headline is the Kansas Jayhawks, a complete disaster. I don't know if this was a hangover from Tuesday night. That was a hard game. He played his guys. He doesn't play his bench. That was almost a three-hour basketball game against Kansas State. 
They played and they played and they played and they were spent and then they didn't get the reward. They lost in heartbreak fashion and they came back Saturday and were flat. Now, this also, there are teams that TCU is just a horrible matchup for. TCU is a horrible matchup for KU and K-State. TCU drilled Kansas State. I mean, drilled them. Kansas State had no answer. TCU was just getting bucket after bucket down low. Easy baskets in the paint. And they just dominated Kansas in this game. KU pulled within 10 at the half, and then TCU went out and won the second half, 35-22. to 22. I mean, they just lit Kansas up in this thing. It was never close. It was the second-worst home loss for Bill Self as the Kansas coach. Previous worst losses than 23-point home losses, Mizzou by 25 many years ago, and K-State by 24 many years ago. This one right up there with that. That's not the Bill Self era. That's all-time at Allen Fieldhouse, which opened in the 50s. TCU's bench outscored Kansas 39-5. to Fans were leaving Allen Fieldhouse with six minutes to go. Bill Self, after the game, said they basically whooped us in every way. He even said they chew gum and tie their shoes better than us, or at least they did today. And he was not blaming his offense. Jayhawks only scored 60 points. Wilson had a big game. He had a very big game, 30 points again. But then where do you go from there? Teams are taking Grady Dick out. He's not getting, he's not getting those big runs where he makes three three-pointers over a two-and-a-half-minute stretch and KU beats you 14-3 to three over that time period. He's not getting that right now. Mostly they're not getting that because they're not scoring off their defense. Bill Self spent his time after the game talking about the defense, saying, I don't know what we're doing defensively. It isn't about the bench being a problem. He's, he's basically said, we're not deep and we're not going to be deep. The guys we have are the guys that are going to play. This is just how it's going to be. You boys are going to play and you're going to play a lot of minutes and a lot of nights you're going to play 40. And every other night you're going to play 38. But you have to play defense every minute of the game. And he's very disappointed in the way they are defensively. Kansas, through the years, has used defense to get easy baskets. And they just couldn't do that against TCU. They didn't do it at all. This is a beatdown. It brings a, up a really valid question. Who is the favorite to win the Big 12? Kansas State beat Texas Tech on Saturday. They're alone in first place because Iowa State lost. That shocked me in Stillwater. Iowa State lost. K-State is alone in first. Right now at CBS Sports, Kansas State is 17-2, and alone in first in the Big 12, the toughest league, and projected to be the number one seed in the tournament. Are you kidding me? What's going on with college basketball this year? This can't be that easy. We've said this before. It can't be that easy to just go grab a whole bunch of guys for one year. A lot of them are one-year players. And put it together with old players and be this good. Look, I think the schedule is going to get harder for Kansas State. I say that, but they've already won at Texas and at Baylor. Those are big. But I don't think that means anything about beating Texas or Baylor at Bramlage. Every game with Kansas State is going to be close. And this game with Tech on Saturday was pretty close until the last few minutes. K-State pulled away. It's playing with fire. You know it is. But they win those games. I can't believe this will hold up. I do not think Kansas State is winning the Big 12. I don't. I think it's going to get tougher and tougher and tougher as they go. I'm not saying they're lucky. I'm not saying they're not good. I just don't think they're a Big 12 outright champ and a one seed. But I'm not sure that team exists. Whoever wins the Big 12 has a probably a really good shot of being a one seed and should because it's the toughest. I spent years saying the Big 12 was not the toughest league. You know, the metrics showed that it was, whatever. 
but Kansas just dominated the thing. Nobody else was any good. Look, Baylor's won titles. Kansas State won the Big 12 three years ago. People don't remember that. Bruce Weber won it twice or shared it, however you want to look at it. But other teams have stepped up, and they're good. TCU, obviously, is really good. Baylor has an unbelievably great program. Texas is loaded with talent. There are teams here in this league, and it's different than it was before. These teams are capable of beating Kansas. They're capable of winning the national title. Baylor proved that. So the league is now what people said it was 15 years ago, and I don't think it was 15 years ago. I thought the Big Ten was. But now the Big 12 looks its just legit. They went out and beat everybody in the non-con. Yes, they're beating each other up, and I think it will even out. I don't think anybody's going to have a glossy record. I think they're going to all wind up with four or five losses by the time this thing is done. I think they're all going to beat each other. We do have two teams at the bottom, Texas Tech and West Virginia, that I think are right now combined 1-13. and 13. So not good there. Boy, you don't want to lose to one of those teams. If you want to win the Big 12, you better not lose to one of those teams. You better not. So it's fascinating. Missouri played Alabama on Saturday, shorthanded, and got handled. Now, when I watch Alabama, they look a heck of a lot better. They'd be a one seed right now, and your SEC champs. They look a heck of a lot better to me than K-State. Because right now the comp at CBS Sports or any bracketology or anything is Alabama, one seed from the SEC, K-State, one seed from the Big 12. That doesn't compute in my brain. And I like this Kansas State team, and I think it's an amazing story. I think the season is too long for them to hold on. We are not even halfway in the Big 12 yet. I just do. We'll see. I can't tell you who I think is going to win it. Most people thought TCU had the best chance, and we've seen why. Because they just flat out pounded Kansas and Kansas State. But then they do something like go to West Virginia and lose by 15. And you can't figure that out. They weren't really competitive in that game. And I don't know why. I can't figure that out. They're a matchup nightmare. And they've returned everybody from last year. They're an old team with lots of size. TCU should be better than it is. And maybe they will be. Maybe as the season plays out, maybe they win eight in a row now and take over first. I don't know. I just know that they're really, really good, and they've underachieved a little bit in league play so far. Baylor started slow in league play. They lost at home to Kansas State. They're coming on. They're just winning games. You know Baylor's going to be a factor. Kansas is going to be a factor. I don't know what's going to happen in this league. But I'll tell you what, I'm sure impressed with Alabama. And it wasn't just because they beat Missouri the way they did. I didn't watch the game. I just watched the highlights this morning. But it was. I've watched Alabama play enough. They're legit, man. They're 17 and 2, 7 and 0 oh in the SEC. And Missouri was a little shorthanded in this game, and Alabama just whooped them 85 64. That's not, that's, that's just not a horrible thing for Missouri. Would you like to have been more competitive and see where you are and say, hey, listen, we might be able to beat some of the better teams? I don't know if Kentucky's one of the better teams. I'm talking about the elite, the one, the two, and the three seeds in the tournament. A lot of basketball left for Missouri. A lot of basketball left. Losing to Alabama. It's not going to end your season. Good stuff. All right, we'll be back on Monday with KKHI. Stan Weber will be with us. We got a couple of new patrons yesterday, and I sent them the patron post. Actually sent them the last couple patron posts from the last two weeks. We do the newsletter every weekend, and we do the bonus podcasts during the week that are fun, usually breaking news in the afternoon. Something's going on when breaking news happens. We do an additional podcast in the afternoon. If you'd like to find a way to hear those podcasts and get the newsletter every week, just log on to kkhasissues.com. On your desktop or your laptop, it takes about three minutes to sign up. It's five bucks a month. Click on Become a Patron, and you're in, and you'll get the bonus content. You'll be supporting the podcast. We certainly appreciate that as an independent 
media company. We're completely unaffiliated with anyone else. I have no affiliations with anyone else in any media. And I like it that way. We've had offers. Hey, do you want to do that? Nah. Not, if, not, not if your corporation has any say in anything we're doing here. No. It's a big fat no. So we're doing it our way, the independent way. And that means we need great sponsors that we talk about and wonderful listeners that support the sponsors as you do. And we could use a few more patrons. Certainly wouldn't hurt. KKHasIssues.com if you'd like to sign up and become a patron and get the additional uh, content that we create each and every week here at Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. If you're ever looking for anything retail, uh, goods, or services, we have many advertisers on the KK list that are not on the podcast. You've not even heard of them. They're just on the list. You want to go see these great conservative businesses, uh, like my, I mentioned Richard Smith, his insurance company. If you want to switch insurance to someone that you know, loves the podcast, and is conservative and all these great things, log on to the KK list. You'll see all the business. Jay Hepler and his, his uh, benefits business, he does, our, he does me and Jessica's health insurance, and he does anyone from a company of one to a company of a thousand. He can insure your company. He might even save you some money. If you want to switch your health care insurance, you're an employer, you own a business, you want to get a quote from Jay Hepler, go on the KK list and get his information. It's all right there and see if he can beat what you're doing. Shop with them, and they're just great conservatives. But anyway, there's a whole bunch of people there from home services and retailers and all kinds of cool stuff at theKKList.com. Love you uh, giving that an opportunity if you can, and we always appreciate you listening to the weekend edition of the Chiefs Postgame Edition of Kevin Keatsman has a show. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues, presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet Buick GMC. To get exclusive patrons-only podcasts, receive a weekly newsletter, and attend in-person patrons-only parties, visit kkhasissues.com and become a patron today. This has been a production of Crooked Tail Media Incorporated. (laughs) 